Attention, please. <laughs> Santa Fe and Disneyland passenger train, E.P. Ripley, now loading on track number one. Board. The Sports Biz Radio, broadcasted live from WNHU on the campus of the University of New Haven. Rob Thompson, Sports Biz Radio. We got Brandon Steiner here. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me this morning. Feeling uh, good? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you're an, a serial entrepreneur and the inventor of the ev- everything bagel. I just had to throw that in. Well, you and Gary V, you know, you start off with the most important stuff, even if it was 40 years ago. <laughs> Thank you for that credit. And if anybody out there wants to comment on the everything bagel, I'd be more than glad to hear from you. Yeah, I, I believe you 100%. I mean, someone had to do it. It's a long story, but you got to read the, uh, the book. Yeah, exactly. The Balls, A Living on Purpose book, and you get the whole makeup of how that story comes about and how it makes sense. Living on Purpose, I actually just shared that with our athletic director here at the school. It was a, it was a fantastic book. Well, so great job on that one. Thanks. Uh, collectible Exchange, let's talk about it. Well, what's interesting is, you know, I'd like to think I had a good say in, in building this industry, turning from a hobby to a business. And I've always had the mindset of what else, and most, most importantly, the mindset of the fan. You know, what's good for the fan? How do I get the fan closer to the game? And, you know, the reality is that we're all sitting with a lot of stuff that we need to know what it's worth. And then a lot of us want to have, they have a lot of stuff. Like, I'm not here to sell you anything, but there's a lot of people that want to sell what they have. They don't have a place that's real, authentic, and easy to, to go on and sell their stuff. So when you go on collectible exchange, there's two things. One, you can find out what you have and what it's worth, and then you can get what you have and get it authenticated, and you can actually sell your stuff, or if you're looking for quirky uh, proprietary stuff, you can find it. But if you forget everything I just told you, the most important thing, which we're about to launch next week, is you'll be able to buy stuff directly from the athletes themselves. So athletes will have micro sites on there, and they'll be verified so you know you're buying something from an Eli Manning or a Mariana Rivera or whoever it is, and that's pretty cool. Um, There'll be a big auction three times a year. We call it the big auction three times a year, so you got some really outrageous, cool stuff. You'll be able to do that, but if you want to sell stuff, you can go on right now, and it's very easy. Follow the steps on. You go to cxstuff.com or collectible exchange. You go right on there, boom. So, I kind of disrupted everything I've set up to do because now I'm partnering with the players and I'm partnering up with my customers, which is fun. I mean, my customers have been amazing loyalty to the brand and now I want to help them trade in, trade up and that sort of thing. So I'm looking forward to this exchange. I'm looking forward to getting a little closer with the athletes and getting them closer with the customers as well. So if you want stuff that's personalized or things, certainly you want to get signed, um, I'm not here to push anything other than try to get that done for you. So it'd be a lot more of that kind of exchange as opposed to uh, sitting down with an athlete and having them sign 500 things. Does that make sense or? No, it's 100. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant move. I'm so excited. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm out of my mind. I haven't slept in about three months. So at some point I'm going to have to go to sleep and get some rest and think about the next idea. But I've been working on this for like two years. 
So it's not like I, I've whiteboarded this thing. I'm not a big, for all, the, all those of you out there, I'm a dream big, sample small and fail quick guy. So I'm not like, oh, let me come up with this big idea and just roll it out. But I have been whiteboarding the hell out of this for almost two and a half years. So I've thought this through 50 ways to Sunday um, to make sure that it's easy for the, you know, for the customer to go on if he wants to find something that he has and what it's worth or that kind of thing. So the logistics on this site are pretty good considering we just launched and uh, pretty simple for the athlete as well. So yeah, I'm a little out of my mind because, you know, I've, I've I don't know, it's, been, it's, you know, when you work on something for so long, you've dreamt it, you felt it, um, it it's exciting to see that happen. Uh, just from a from a startup perspective, I mean, a two year runway is a long time, but the how you accelerated the ramp up was genius, especially okay. what you did to tease the marketplace. Well, so you know, listen, I appreciate the support. And, and there's been a lot of uh, actually, it's overwhelming that, you know, some of the customers that I've heard from and the, and the people that have been following me, it is I'm very grateful. I mean, it's just amazing that, uh, you know, that people have been supportive and have stuck with me for over 30 years on this brand and this kind of ride. And now they're, they're looking forward to this next ride. I, I, it's, it's just been great. So talk a little bit about um, the NIL for college athletes. Does that fall into your business model? I think so. I mean, listen, it, it's right now there's a lot of confusion, but I think the NCAA being the incredible conglomerate are not going to let it go much further. They've got to step in now and get clarity. And they better do it quick before all these different states jump in with different set of rules, which would basically lead to a demise of the NCAA. So I look for them this spring and summer to come up with something that's really widespread that all the schools and players can use. I, I think people are confused. It's not that the players are getting paid. It's just that they're going to have the rights to basically use their name, likeness, maybe be able to kind of, you know, sell autographs possibly or sell their game used, that kind of stuff. But I think that it's important right now that the NCAA step in and come up with something that's extremely fair. So it's a checkmate move and then everybody can move on. And it's it really be, end up being the beginning of probably a lot more what's to come. Because if you sit back and watch a big time college athletic event and see the kind of money that's getting generated, it's just too far out of whack. And, and then a player doesn't even have money for pizza or for laundry. So I'm not here to bandstand what I, you know, obviously I think the players should get something but I think there's a good start. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think if you change the narrative to make it a learning experience, even if you defer the revenue to the end when they either declare for the draft or graduate and then able to use that, that uh, revenue that they generated, and there has to be something there that's you know, non-conflicting and open up that Pandora's box. Guarantee this, the whole thing will, in the next two years, will be completely disrupted and college athletics will be completely different by uh, 2022, put that in the bank. Yeah, there's no way college athletics will be staying the same, and I think there's no way I can really. Yeah, I agree. So talk talk about this. You've done some crazy stuff as far as promotion. Talk about the Yankee Stadium because I think this is brilliant. Take talk about the Yankee Stadium deal and how you sold seats and that. How did that whole thing come about? Well, first, I mean, I've taken down a bunch of stadiums. You know, Cowboy, uh, the Garden, uh, Giant Stadium. I've done a whole bunch of. The Yankee State, you know, when you get a, a, a stadium like Yankee Stadium, it's, it's a once in a lifetime. It, the only thing with Yankee Stadium is my view was, you know, the respect factor of it. Like, it wasn't just about taking the main jewels out and selling them and making a few bucks. It was the respect about putting that stadium to bed. 
and breaking it down, not only for the money, but really doing it for the fans and making sure that, because, you know, a lot of people just wanted me to take the jewels out and just sell it and, and get what money we can and let's move on. I would like, I want to take out and create hundreds of thousands of items from that stadium so that every fan in one of the greatest stadiums maybe of our time, and we understand the cathedral of all stadiums, I wanted everybody to have a little something. So, you know, we got into the dirt, the grass, the foul poles, bricks. I mean, it's just, it was nonstop. And so we really took that statement apart piece by piece, and I really feel good about it. It wasn't a tremendous moneymaker. Um, it was not, I knew it wasn't going to be. It was a four-year plan, which was definitely longer than anybody wanted me to do it. But I wanted to create a collection around the stadium that, that hundreds of thousands of Yankee fans could get. And, and I think I succeeded there. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of SKUs that we created uh, from lifting the grass up from the last day of the field and freeze-drying it, millions of dollars of dirt, the outfield walls, the bricks. And I mean, it just goes on and on. Partnering up with Reggie Jackson on the blackout in the outfield. And we got really creative. I lost a lot of sleep on that. That wasn't me staying up excited. That was me staying up worried because I did put up a lot of money on that. And, you know, there were definitely some times where I was like, I don't know, what else am I, what am I doing? But, you know, it was a labor of love. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'm very grateful to the Yankees for believing in me and supporting me on this because, you know, they, they live it. You know, they, their brand, they believe in their brand, and they knew this was going to be a better brand play, not just a quick little money play. And I, I'm very grateful that they had the support and partnership with me on that at that time to let me go do my thing because it was a long-winded it really was one of those things that they really, I've seen a lot of other teams turn the cheek on this stuff and they just want to move on to the new stadium. And the Yankees didn't do that because, you know, they believe in their fans, they believe in, the, in their brand. And this was a fan and brand play, not a, and it was, it was costly, you know, to do it this way. But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And I tell people like, I'm all about the growth. I'm all about the money grab. I'm not against it. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do because it's the right thing to do. Uh, it's a smart thing to do because if you're living with your brand, not everything is money driven. Well, you, you mentioned uh, Gary V before, but Brandon, you're, you're the original hustler out there. You're the guy that set the tone and even start way back in the, the early nineties when your name kept on coming up. And um, what is it that as far as being an entrepreneur, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs right now who are just starting out, knowing what you know and how the industry is changing, what VC dollars are out there and angel dollars are out there? Um, would you suggest going that route? Would you suggest bootstrapping it? I mean, what are your core principles of being an entrepreneur? Well, first of all, be quick, don't rush. You know, it's a John Wooden line, but it's true. And just because people are throwing some money at you doesn't mean that, you know, not all money is good money. Uh, be an expert, be great at something, you know, don't worry about the money, be great at something. That's what moves people. And, you know, also understand risk, you know, not risk is not for everyone. Um, I think it's important to understand a market and, and your place in it, know where the white space is, you know, know where there's a gap and where you're going to fill, but it's really important to be great at it. Like not talk about being great, not put fancy papers together, but, you know, being great at something is, is, is the level of knowledge having some people around you that can enhance and help you facilitate the greatness so that when you do put your idea to, to you know, you, you know what you're doing because I can't believe how many people like they, they, they raised a ton of money and then they're not that good at it. And their idea isn't really fully thought through. I tell a lot of the young kids, I think there's some great entrepreneurs out there, very young entrepreneurship uh, that's coming now around, which is great. We need it in this country desperately. There are more businesses 
going, small businesses going out of business that are starting. I think 750,000 businesses, small businesses went out last year and only 600,000 opened. You know, that's a concern to me. I, I think this country needs small business and we need entrepreneurship, but be patient. You know, for the young kids, yeah, there's coming up with a good idea and yeah, there's getting money, but there's the experience factor of just some of the, you know, how to hire, fire, raise money, handle money, handle employees, you know, handle, handle a lot of brand building stuff that you only can get with experience. So even though you have an entrepreneurial idea, I tell entrepreneurs, go get some experience. It's okay to work a few years under some people that know what they're doing. Find some mentors that will guide you along, work for some companies that you can gain some real hands-on experience, how to start something. So you don't just start something from scratch because it's really hard without the experience. I see a lot of young kids that are coming up with genius ideas, but they, they've not gone to the bathroom yet. So it's important to balance that out. I don't want to slow them down too much, but on the other hand, I think some of them sometimes get a little ahead of themselves. And I'm fans of those young ones that are trying to bust up and open something up from scratch, but um, I'm a big fan of the experience and, and, and trying to match up some before you jump into the uh, deep end of the pool. You talked about your uh, two books, You Gotta Have Balls and Living on Purpose. What was the difference in your mindset? And because it seemed like for me, the living on purpose, there was a real gratitude and just a reflection on your life. Uh, was that where you were and are right now, just kind of looking back and being grateful for the things that happened to you? I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, there's definitely a higher level of gratefulness. I think there's a higher level of recognizing my mistakes, which is the only way you can really move on. I, I think that I got a lot of reviews on the Balls book. The Balls book is a must read. It's done really well. And there was one review. I read them all where the guy said, you know, Steiner, I love your story, but it's too convenient. There's too much. Everything seemed to work out too well. I can't believe there wasn't any bad stuff that happened. And I did mention some of it, but I probably didn't dwell on it enough or at least wasn't transparent enough. And I realized that in order to really move on and move forward, you've got to recognize the mistakes. And, and generally you, you want to push those under the carpet. And what I did is, I think in that book is I just kind of got more into what most people don't really want to talk about. My, my family was not happy with that book, you know, because I talked a lot about, you know, well, was I really that good a dad? Could I have been a little better husband? You know, I think those things are the stuff that elevates you to even do better in business, believe it or not, when you're, when you're on a better page with your family, for example, or you're better page with your health. I think the most important part of the purpose book was the faith part. Like, I think you have to increase your level of faith uh, in what you're doing, faith in God, faith in your strategy, and think a lot more about what it is you want to have and what it is you're trying to build and who you're really trying to serve and help. And I think that I didn't emphasize that enough in the Balls book, because it's something I've always been a big fan of is serving and solving and having faith in uh, the bigger picture, having an interest in doing as much as I can for others, not just being a complete money grab. I've been a money grabber. I'm not afraid to go come up with an idea and make a lot of money on it. I just think that I didn't really talk about some of the stuff that I've done that wasn't money grab. That wasn't just, you know, it was more of a faithful thing because it's the right and good thing to do. And that's kind of what I focused on the Living on Purpose book about. Yeah, it was great. And I'm Thank proud you. to share. But listen, I don't want to take up any of your more time. Thank you, you so much. Give away a couple of copies, by the way. If you give away a couple of copies on your platform, I'll send them to you. And for some of the listeners out there, we'll give them away and we'll tell me the addresses. We'll send it to them. Absolutely. Just leave a comment below what you what you think about this uh, this interview, what you're doing as an entrepreneur to, to make change in the world. 
And uh, as you, as Brandon said, be patient and let the thing ride out. It took him two years to launch this. So if you, if you can't be patient and Brandon's 95 years old, so. Well, I was doing a few other things. It wasn't like I, I was just saying, I don't know if it would have taken me two years to launch if I had not anything else to do, but you know, I'm running Steiner at the time, which I'm not in yeah. Steiner anymore, but you know, I got speaking around the country and I was a little all over the place, but this was a common thread for me the last two years, constantly retooling, rethinking. And sometimes an idea like this needs that because it is a game changer idea. So I'm glad I spent that time and I'm glad kind of God took me into some of these different distractions so I can kind of keep working and, and kind of meddling with this idea to get it to perfection. Now, oh, awesome. Well, listen, right, cool. uh, you've always been very kind with your time uh, with me and I, I certainly appreciate that, Brandon. So you're a class act. That's Brandon Steiner. I'm Rob Thompson. You're watching Sports Biz Radio. Thanks everybody for listening and watching. Thanks, my brother. See you, man. Thanks, Brandon. Keep in touch. I will.